Ovajana Tumirantasya Jnanam Jana Shalakaya Chakshur Militam Yena Tatsmai Shri Gurudeva Maha Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 3, chapter 16, text 17. O Lord, you are the supreme director of the dominical culture. You are considering the Brahmanas to be in the highest position is your example for teaching others. Actually, you are the supreme worshipper of deity, not only for the gods, but for the Brahmanas also. Suppose, in the Brahma Sanghita, it is clearly stated that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the cause of all causes. There are undoubtedly many demigods, the chiefs of whom are Brahma and Shiva. Lord Vishnu is the Lord of Brahma and Shiva, not to speak of the Brahmanas in this material world. As mentioned in Bhagavad Gita, the Supreme Lord is very favorable towards all activities performed according to Brahminical culture, or the qualities of control of the senses and mind, cleanliness, forbearance, faith in scripture, and practical and theoretical knowledge. The Lord is the super soul of everyone. In Bhagavad Gita it is said, that the Lord is the source of all emanations. Thus, He is also the source of Dhamma and Shiva. From the very beginning, <coughs> Srimad Bhagavatam establishes uh, its purpose of pinpointing, focusing on the supreme absolute truth, worshipper and object and worshipable object. Satyam Param Dhimahi. It is a source or perennial source of contention. Who is supreme? We find among the followers of Vedic culture some say that Krishna is supreme, they are right. <laughs> Some say, yes, Krishna, but actually Vishnu, Vishnu aspect, Narayan. He is the original source of whom Krishna as an avatar. Others propose Lord Shiva as supreme. And others say Shakti, Bahiranga Shakti. What we know is Bahiranga Shakti. Bahiranga Shakti means Durga Devi. Bahiranga means she's the external potency of Lord Vishnu. That's the Vaishnava understanding, but the Shaktas. They refer to Durga as Adhyapara Shakti. She herself, she herself is the source of everything. The original supreme power, the source of everything. Then there are Shauryas, worshippers of the sun, Ganapatyas. These are all within Vedic culture. And in the modern, more perverted form of Vedic culture, we have 
many people proposing that Sai Baba 1 is supreme or Sai Baba 2 is supreme and various others whose names we won't mention here to further desecrate the sanctity of this assembly. Then there are others also who say that all are supreme. This is pantheism or, or polytheism, the many gods. Pantheism means to accept everything as supreme. Everything is God. Polytheism means to accept that there are many gods of equal stature who are all supreme. And then there are others who say that ultimately the supreme is unmanifest. Everything comes from unmanifest. And there are others who say that there is no supreme. It's called atheism. There are others who propose that man himself is the supreme manifestation of chance. And thus human society should be served. Humanists, another branch of atheism. Then outside the Vedic culture there are those who say that your Krishna is not supreme, our Jesus is supreme, or Allah is supreme. So in this way there are many different opinions. Even within the Vedic literature we'll find that there seems to be a rapprochement between the Shaivas and the Vaishnavas inasmuch as sometimes we find in Shastra Lord Vishnu saying that, well, actually Lord Shiva is just as good as me. Anyone who differentiates between me and Lord Shiva, he never gets the mercy of either of us. And Lord Shiva says the same about Lord Vishnu. To settle this point, to get a definitive understanding. The wife of Lord Shiva, who herself is obviously mistakenly considered supreme by those who consider her supreme, because she herself was confused in the matter, she asked Lord Shiva, then what is the topmost method of the many types of worship? To which he unequivocally replied, Aradhananam Sarvesham Vishnur Aradhanam Param Of all types of worship, the topmost is the worship of Lord Vishnu. But then, to again make the matter confusing, he said, Tatmatparataram Devi Tadhyanam Samarchanam That superior to this supreme, which doesn't seem to be a very logical proposition, is worship of that which is in relation to the Supreme, namely his devotees. And this point is being discussed here in this purport, that who is Supreme? Because previous to this, here in this section of Bhagavatam, we find Lord Vishnu stating that the Brahmanas are Supreme, and that I only, I'm only praised because of my devotion to them. Whereas the Brahmanas will 
qualification for being a brahmana is to be a vaishnava the real brahmana is a vaishnava because brahma jana titi brahmana we find according to caste there are so many brahmanas but if they are worshippers of demigods as many of them are or not clear that worship of vishnu is this the sole worship of vishnu without diverting to other demigods this alone is the duty of a brahmana then even though they may be very learned and very expert in rituals they're not actually brahmanas Brahmana means one who has knowledge of the absolute truth therefore Brahmana should be a guru please don't lean against the column not saying that there's one who's that boy at the back please don't lean you can sit down but don't lean against the column Mm. So Brahmana is meant to be the guru of all the different learners. But he cannot be a guru even if he's expert in Shastra, in various ritualistic procedures. He's unqualified to be a guru if he's not a Vaishnava. Whereas a Vaishnava, if he's from a supposedly lower caste, but he's a, but he is a Vaishnava, then he must be a guru. So Brahma means Brahma Jana Titi Brahman. Who knows Brahman? Who knows what is the absolute truth? Who knows what are the Vedas? Who knows what is the Vedic conclusion? So if, uh, and, uh, we say uh, Smarta Brahmana, but actually one who is simply Devadarata, attached to the Vedic rituals, or who is a Brahmana by caste but not a Vaishnava, he's not actually a Brahmana. He may be called, in the language of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Vyavaharic Brahman, or conventionally accepted Brahman. But real Brahman is Paramarthic Brahman, one who is situated on the spiritual platform of knowing. Kintat Brahma Kimadhyatna. What is Brahma? What is the spiritual situation? He cannot, the Brahman cannot be a fool. We have another, this temple we should consider, this is Anantashish, so the pillars are not meant for leaning on. You can sit on the floor, that's allowed, or stand on it. So, uh, Brahma, Brahmana means very wise and learned person who is fit to instruct others. But in Bhagavad Gita we find, that those who worship demigods for the sake of temporary material benefits, they are ipso facto foolish because if we're worshipping demigods, if we want temporary material gains, that in itself is foolishness. So, anyone who is worshipping demigods is a fool, and how can a fool be a Brahman? Then how can a demigod worship be a Brahman? Brahmana must be a Vaishnava, if he's actually a Brahman. And Vaishnava, he's automatically a Brahman. So this kind of Brahmana 
is the time when Lord Krishna, here Lord Vishnu, he is saying, I get my, I, I get my eligibility for being God from the Brahmins. But here in this purport, Prabhupada clarifies that actually the center is Lord Vishnu. Yes, the worshipper of the Brahmin, the worship of Brahmanas is the topmost, even more than that of Lord Vishnu, because Lord Vishnu himself establishes that. Like Bhaktya Puja Bhadika, he is because he says so, because he considers it thus, therefore the Vaishnavas and Brahmanas, they are considered superior, or their worship is considered superior. And actually, that is because of Lord Vishnu saying so. Because he is most authoritative, because he is actually the, the object of worship. Therefore, the Brahmanas become more worshipable by his saying so. Otherwise, he himself is the reservoir of all knowledge, all love, all pleasure, all power, and therefore he is naturally worshipable by all. Even the Brahmanas, whatever knowledge or power they have, that is also dependent upon the Vishnu. Matasvritya jnana pohanamcha. Everything comes from him. The, the knowledge the Brahmana has, the ability to do anything, the ability to praise the Lord, that comes from him himself, just like we find Dhruva Maharaj, an uneducated young boy, but when he was just touched by the conscience of Lord Vishnu, then he was invested with the ability to praise Lord Vishnu in a manner so wonderful that it is even today recorded in the pages of Sriman Bhagavata, which is none different from Krishna. So all ability and all everything comes from Krishna. Therefore he is the natural object of worship for all living beings and he himself accords great respect to those who worship him in the best way, namely the real Brahmanas and the Vaishnavas. And in Gaurya Vaishnava theology, taking or following on from that which is given in the Sri Vaishnava Sampadaya, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted two particular points or two major points from each of the four sampradayas that were established in the world before his coming. They were established in the world to pave the way, to show the way of the topmost, Unatajvala Rasa Swabhakti Sriyam, the topmost devotional service that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was to show. So the other sampradayas were there and they all had wonderful transcendental qualities of which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted two from each sampradaya. From the Sri Vaishnava sampradaya, one of the points that he accepted was their recognition of the devotees, the, the, the 
they worship the devotees, which actually recognizing devotees is the one of the characteristics of entering into actual devotional service. Actual devotional service begins on the platform of Madhyamadika. In the Kanishta Adhika, it's called Bhakti, but it's not really, it's not Shuddha Bhakti because it's called Prakrita Bhakti. Prakrita means on the material platform. Bhakti means not on the material platform. Bhakti means sarva bhadi vinir muktam tatparatvena nirmalam rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhakti ruchyate. Bhakti means going beyond all material designation and engaging all the senses in the service of the master of the senses, who is rishikesh, adhokshaja, beyond the modes of material nature. So on the kanishta adhika, there is mundane concept. What shall I get? I, I shall worship God and what shall he do for me? What shall I get out of it? It's self-centered. With faith the Pranishta Adhikari worships the Lord, the deity, but he doesn't recognize devotees. He doesn't recognize the position of others and therefore is known as a materialistic devotee, whereas the Madhyamadika is typified by Ishvara Tad Adhineshu Dalisheshu Vishasucha Prema Maitri Kripopeksha Yakarotisa Madhyamaha Madhyam Adhika, in the Madhyamadika there is word or offering of love to the Supreme Lord, friendship to the devotees, and being merciful to the innocent non-devotees and avoiding the envious non-devotees. So, real bhakti begins with one of these symptoms is recognizing who are devotees and offering all respect to them. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <coughs> picked up this point, he incorporated this point in his teachings and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by his very being, showed how the position of the devotee is superior even to that of Krishna, because he is Krishna. But he took the position of a devotee, considering that to be better, considering the position of Krishna to be insufficient, he took the position of a devotee, as seeing that Krishna is the supreme enjoyer, but the enjoyment experienced by the devotees of Krishna in their service to him and love for him exceeds that of Krishna. Krishna is the Vishayavagraha or the subject of love, praying, but devotees, they are Ashrayavagraha, they are the receptacle of that love. So they have they have the love more than Krishna. So Krishna uh, took the position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he took the actually took the position of Srimati Radharani, the topmost devotee, and in this way demonstrated that the position of the devotees is more 
than that of Krishna himself. And in Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya, in its esoteric or essential feature, is more focused on the worship of Srimati Radharani than that of Krishna. This is not publicized in the beginning stages, but ultimately that's more focused on her because, why is that? Again the center is Krishna. Because Krishna is more pleased when his devotees are pleased and she is the topmost devotee through Anayaradita Nunam Bhagavan Hari Rishwara. She worships him the best. So Krishna is pleased with her the most. And Krishna, be, he becomes more pleased when his devotees are pleased and she is the topmost devotee through whom all bhakti is to be offered and through whom all bhakti is manifested. So by pleasing her, bhakti becomes full. Bhakti is possible. So Gauriya Vaishnavas, they know this secret that they shall try to please. Not that they are negligent in their worship of Krishna, because it comes to the same point. If we try to please Radha, then how should we please Radha? By pleasing Krishna, because she is pleased when Krishna is pleased. And then how should we try to please Krishna? By pleasing Radha, because he is more pleased when she is pleased. In this way, there is a competition going on, and devotees, they join this competition by devotees, they are very pleased to see Radha and Krishna together and serve them. So the absolute truth is served by the Gorya Vaishnavas, not as Krishna. We, rec- we recognize Krishna as the absolute truth, but if we say Krishna, that means Radha Krishna. If we are to say Krishna, we have to say Sri Krishna, which means Radha Krishna. Because Krishna, he is never satisfied or full or happy or complete unless he is with Radha. So the two are to be worshipped together. They must be worshipped together to fulfill Krishna's uh, happiness. So Radha Krishna together is Atha Prahit Suraj Nahijani. So Radha Virahit Krishna Nahimani. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, just as we cannot imagine a sun, S-U-N, Suraj, without heat, the cold sun, is there such a thing? The very cold sun. No, sun means hot. So in the same way, we cannot imagine or we cannot recognize Krishna without Radha. Krishna means Radha Krishna. So even uh, worship, worship of Krishna alone, Vasudev, that is the beginning of theism. But it may also, Srila Bhaktisthan Sarasura Thakos pointed out, that may also tend towards impersonalism. Because if we say Krishna, we only worship Krishna, then with Krishna himself he is feeling lonely. Where, where are my devotees? Prabhupada comments in one 
purport that we, ne- we never see a picture of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu alone. That's not considered very bona fide. At least Lord Nityananda must be there. Someone must be there. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is never alone. Always must be with someone. So Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Supreme Personality of Godhead, not alone. It's not me and Krishna. That's it. Reality. The Supreme Absolute Truth means Krishna and me. No. But it's Lakshmi Sahasra Shatta Sambrahma Sevyaman. He is served by millions and millions of devotees. So in the picture or in the, on the temple we establish Radha Krishna, sometimes Lalita Vishakha, sometimes Ashtashaki. But actually Radha Krishna are always accompanied by Sahasrashata. That's also just Sahasrashata means a hundred thousand, a lakh actually. But that's only indicative because Krishna is always accompanied by millions of devotees. So if we're serving Radha Krishna then there must be Lalita, Vishaka, all the Sakis and Sakas and the whole spiritual world if we're actually worshipping Krishna. So this Vasudev conception that is a beginning then or say Purushottam Jagannath general conception Jagannath or Sitaram that's more developed understanding that the Lord is performing pastimes with Sita uh, and that appears to be from worldly perspective to be very pious but the more expanded uh, understanding of Godhead is that of Dwarka Krishna with many what people think many wives from our perspective many wives from Krishna's perspective just a few because he's the lord of every living being so to have to manifest on or only 16,100 wives that's just a few for him and most uh, a full understanding of Godhead is Krishna unlimited gopis gopas and any number can come Sita Ram that means only Sita can worship Ram in the conjugal Sringara or with Dwarakesh that's also 16,108 and that's it close shot although there may be Made servants of the queens also. But with Krishna, he can accept any number that of, of lovers. More may come. Open door. Welcome. No bars. The Dandakalanya Rishis, they one day saw Lord Ram and they, they were attracted on the spiritual platform to his extraordinary transcendental beauty. And they wanted to enter into a relationship with him by which they could serve the Lord in appreciation of his beauty. But he said, sorry, not this time. 
you come next time, I'm coming again as Krishna. That time it is possible. So what they desired, that could be fulfilled by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna, who has unlimited, he, he can take the, the whole world and fully reciprocate with everyone. Nevertheless, his devotees recognize how most they don't come to Krishna. No one can come to Krishna thinking how I shall enjoy him. But only by thinking how can I serve him. So it's not that there's any competition that Krishna will accept so many gopis, even apparently new gopis may come and will there be some competition or will Krishna be overstrained? There's no such thing. Because in the the super realm of service, Vaikuntha world means the world of service. So in that realm, the Golok, Radha Krishna at the center. And everyone is there to serve, they want to see Krishna happy. So they know that he will be most happy by being served by Srimati Radharani. Therefore the whole Vrindavan Lila centers on how to bring Radha and Krishna together. Everything centers. Some devotees in Vrindavan Lila are more apparently more inclined to Krishna and some apparently more inclined to Radha and some in between. But they all serve the same purpose ultimately of bringing together Radha and Krishna who sometimes by the arrangement of Lila Shakti to nourish the pastimes of Radha and Krishna more. Sometimes they are separated and then again that gives devotees some service to do how to bring them together and then when they are together to enjoy their pastimes. So this is the particular contribution of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his followers understanding what is Satyam Param as described in Srimad Bhagavatam. What is that Param Satya? Param Satya means most powerful, most opulent. But above all, most loving. So Krishna, he is Prem Purushottam. Whereas Lord Ram is Mahayada Purushottam. Lord Vishnu, he is Aishvarya Purushottam. But Krishna, not even Aishvarya is there, Mahayada is there, but not considering that very much. Krishna seen praying with, without any 
limits, no limits, no consideration. That is the special feature of Krishna. That if Aishvarya, this Aishvarya, which, me, I, which is the very definition of God, if that is an obstacle in praying, then that also should be dispensed with. Nothing is important to him but the love he reciprocates with his devotees. And that's why it's so difficult for us in the material world to understand Krishna. Because we are bereft of that praying. And we see others, we judge others in terms of their opulence and power. Who is considered a very great person in this world? Who has opulence and power? But opulence and power, that uh, brings some prestige. But that is quite different from love. One may control others by monetary power, by bribing them or paying them, or by brute force, by fear, one may control. So people tend to think of God, who is the most powerful. But power is not all in all. Sometimes they, different examples are given. Or, or people think, well, this, this uh, some Baba must be God because he has some Shakti, he has some power. He can make some ashes come out of pictures and things like this. But Shakti is that is with, that is intrinsic to Krishna. But the Shakti is not all in all. Power. Yes, he can destroy millions of universes. He can create millions of universes. Yes, he can do. But he's not as much interested in that as he is interested in sucking the breast of his mother. Who can understand this? Who can understand this? Who is, who themselves are not interested in opulence and power? but who are only interested in love, they can begin to understand Krishna. Therefore, Janma Ishvarya Shruti Shridhir Edamana Madhapuma Naiva Hatya Vidhatam Vaitvam Akinjana Gocharam One who is no longer interested in promoting himself, that I am from a very aristocratic background, I am very opulent, I am very beautiful, I am very learned, one who is no longer bewildered by such things, but has no interest in prestige. Rather he sees Tava Pratishta, Shukara Bhishta. He sees all this prestige which the whole materialistic civilization is mad after. He sees it as attractive as the stool of a pig. So one who is finding material opulence and progress and prestige as attractive as the stool of a pig, then he can begin to think about worshipping Krishna. Krishna belongs to those persons who have no other belonging, who can actually say, Radha Krishna Pranamo Jugale Kishore Divanimarane Gati Anahima. We can say, we can sing. But when we actually feel like that, when we actually have no desire for anything else, 
but the service of Radha and Krishna. Then only can we begin to enter that. So we may feel ourselves long way, long, long way, but this is our goal, this is the only goal of the Krishna conscious movement, that everyone should go to Krishna to serve Radha and Krishna. We're praying in the morning. That's, we sing it every day, so due to that we may sing it somewhat mechanically without thinking, but uh, we're singing every day. That, Make me a follower of the Sakis, the, the personal attendance of Srimati Radha. It's not a very small thing to ask for. That is a position more than Dhamma. That is a position more than Uddhava. That is a position more than Rupnini. It's a very great attainment. And how, how can we aspire? We have no qualification, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is pushing us. Come, come. He is Radha. Come to call others to Krishna. We say he is Krishna, but he is Krishna. He is Radha Krishna. Radha. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Mahayam. He is Radha Krishna, but actually ontologically he is Krishna, but more he is Radha. He is not in the mood of Krishna. He's in the mood of Radha. Radha Bhava Duty Suvalitam. No me Krishna Surupam. He is Krishna, but he's overcome, overwhelmed by the loving feelings of Srimati Radharani. Therefore he's become Gauranga. He's no longer Shamasanda. He is Gaurasanda. He has taken his Gauranga, taken up the bhav and duty of Gaurangi, Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he is canvassing, make Krishna happy. In the mood of Radha, he is canvassing all the jivas, make Krishna happy. Come to Krishna. Don't remain separate from Krishna. Come to Krishna in the spiritual world. So, he is Radha. If Radha had come personally, then no one would have listened. The foolish people, they consider her a, a uh, loose woman who left her husband to go with this knave, Krishna. So the pious people, the moral people, they will not want to listen to Radha. They think she is of poor character. So that Radha came as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and exhibiting the behavior of an ideal sannyasi, no one can criticize. He preached. Ramya Kachiti Pasana Vajavadhu Bhargena Yakautita Aradya Bhagavan Rajasatanaya Tadhama Vindavana. He preached that the Bhagavan is to be worshipped, not wives, husbands, children, buildings, university degrees, cats, dogs, motor cars. These things are not to be worshipped. Bhagavan is to be worshipped. Who is that Bhagavan? Rajeshatanaya, Krishna, son of Manda Maharaj, and his dham is Vrindavan, especially Krishna, Vrindavan. 
at Krishna and Vrindavan. And the topmost method of worship is that which is given by the Vajavadhu, the wives of Vrindavan, who left their husbands, apparent husbands, to worship Krishna. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to preach it. Otherwise it's it's not possible to preach in the world. It appears to be contradictory to the Vedic injunctions, which reject the immorality of women leaving their husbands. It is immoral. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu following the uh, very strictly following the principles of the topmost position of morality in Vedic culture, the sannyasi, so that no one could fault his behavior. They, he preached that which is inconceivable to the worldly moralist. So at least they shall have to think about it and take it seriously. Otherwise, why is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saying? What is the mystery that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is the most moral person, he rejected Chota Haridas, fully rejected his dear devotee for even slightly mentally thinking of anything immoral. And that same Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has pointed the way towards the worship. The method of worship of the gopis of Vrindavan is the topmost method of worship. So what is the mystery here? Is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu contradicting himself? Is he philosophically unsound? It doesn't seem so. Because he was so thoroughly versed in Vedanta that he defeated the greatest Vedanta Vadis of his time. He showed how the, the concepts of Sarabhan Bhattacharya and Prakashananda Saraswati, their understanding of Vedanta is not Vedanta. They, what they consider to be Vedanta, they have a long way to go. They have to accept Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's understanding. So he's not philosophically weak. He's not morally weak. He's not mentally weak. He's quite sound in as much as he's, he's principled. So what is this that he is recommending? That the topmost worship is that given by the gopis who are not brahmanas, who are worshipable by brahmanas, but not brahmanas themselves. So what is this? those who are actually desirous of understanding what is satyam param, they shall have to investigate this. And if we are to impartially investigate, we shall have to conclude, if we are actually not biased, if we are not dogmatic, and if we study, we will find Chaitanya daya kata karaha vichar, vichar karele chitte pave chamatka. If we find, if we see what is the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to have given 
these topmost teachings, what is actually the topmost method of worship. Then they will be struck by wonder that this is inconceivable. Who can conceive of Satyam Param being a cowherd boy with a lump of yogurt in his hand, chasing after cows with a stick? Who can conceive? No one can conceive because it is inconceivable. Who can conceive that the Supreme Absolute Truth, the Lord of all multi-universes, who is worshipped by mm, young Brahma, Ronendra, Rudra, Marutai, Stunanti, Divai, Stavai, Vedas, Samo, what is that? Veda Samo Pagama Pagama Anishadai Dayanti Yang Samadaha Dhyana Vastita Satyatena Manasa Pashanti Yang Yedino Yadyantana Vidu Sura Sura Gana Jodaya Tatmai Namaha That Supreme Absolute Truth is worshipped by all the demigods whose glories are sung by all the Vedic literatures who is the object of meditation for the perfected yogis and who even the great demigods and demons they cannot find the limit of his glories or power that same Krishna supreme absolute truth is lamenting in separation when he does not get the association of Radha who appears to be just a cowherd girl from some village in somewhere in the middle of nowhere. It's a long way from anywhere. There's Hastinapur one side and then Dwarka here and Varanasi, Kashi this side and there was no Agra presumably at that time. Mathura, that was a big city close by. But Vrindavan is just, oh, what, what is this Vrindavan? What is the importance of Vrindavan? From the worldly point of view, no importance. From the worldly point of view, looking after cows, no importance. And Radha, no importance. This is Achinsa. That's not, cannot be seen. People say, show me God. They want, they, they expect God will be someone who will come and They'll faint by seeing him, as we see so many, there are so many descriptions of, what is this, if we find in the Abrahamic scriptures, they say, if you, if you were to see him, you, you could not live, you could not bear to see him. But Krishna, you can see, touch, play with, steal his lunchbox. If one can accept the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, inconceivable. Who will consider him God? Persons who are imbued with the mercy, who really have no interest in anything else but serving him, they can understand. So Krishna, he gives more importance to the devotees because, why is, why is, why is Krishna give more importance to the devotees? Because Krishna himself thinks, Krishna himself considers praying 
as the topmost principle. And he, when Krishna examines, he finds the devotees have more love for me than I have for them. Therefore, they are more than me. Therefore, he gives more importance to them. So, who is the topmost, actually? Is it Krishna or his devotees? Very difficult to say. Because Krishna, he is topmost. If we examine in an analytical manner, Krishna is the topmost. But then Krishna himself is more important to his devotees. And it appears that even they have more love than he has, and he considers love the topmost. So, from our point of view, Krishna is the topmost. From Krishna's point of view, his devotees are the topmost. And, well, Krishna's point of view is more than ours. So we'll have to surrender to that and accept that the devotees are topmost. And therefore, Gauriya Vaishnava means more than worship of Krishna, worshipper of Radha. So let us pray for the mercy of the Vaishnavas, that we may also someday become Vaishnavas, and then we can understand who are Vaishnavas and worship them. Hare Krishna. Is there any question or comment about this? What about what? Ladu Gopal. What about him? Their worship is worship of Krishna. But we worship Krishna with Radha. That is Krishna worshipped by Nanda Yashoda. So we, that is not rejected in Gauriya Vaishnavism. But we know what Nanda and don't know. That when Ladu Gopal goes to sleep, Mother Yashoda puts him to sleep, then that same Ladu Gopal gets up and goes and dances with the gopis. So they don't know that. We have, we have some knowledge of some secret. In Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's line, the, the, the focus is on Radha and Krishna. So we will, in general we can say we can please him more if we focus on Radha and Krishna. I, I was told that in Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya that when people get married they give, they give them Gopal deity. Maybe the idea that you worship him. In, in South India there's, there's so many deities, Santana Gopal. People without children, they're married two, two years, three years, four years. They go to, no children. They go to worship Santana Gopal at Managudi and so many places. So the idea that, well, we'll worship Krishna who's a young boy like this and we'll, we'd like to get our own young boy like this. So maybe. Only, it's easier from our position here in the material world, it's easier for us to appreciate Ladu Gopal, young boy, 
who steals butter and all this kind of thing. It's, it's difficult to appreciate Radha Krishna because it's, we can appreciate Ladu Gopal without any danger of, of becoming entangled in the mundane lusty desires that may arise if we prematurely try to consider the Lila of Radha and Krishna. Because without understanding what is this Ananda Chinmaya Rasa, the spiritual exchange between Radha and Krishna, we may mistake that for some mundane exchange. So we could say that is safer. Of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's points us towards the gopis who took all risk to worship Krishna, but we shouldn't take the risk of falling into mundane lust. So therefore we are recommended to approach the worship of Radha and Krishna very carefully. Again in the language of Srila Bhaktisthansasrathakur. That we should worship the Radha. Not that we prematurely try to jump into Radha Nuga Bhakti. But rather we should worship the devotees on that platform and pray for their mercy that we may become qualified to follow in their footsteps. Therefore the method of worship that is recommended is Nam Sankirtan. By Nam Sankirtan we should begin our worship of Radha and Krishna. And as we become purified by not leaning on the temple pillars and chanting Hare Krishna. As we develop our Seva Bhav, then by chanting the holy names, the form, qualities and pastimes of Krishna will manifest. Take the mic please. How to counteract those who quote saying that Shiva is supreme or Shakti is supreme. It's a big topic. Prabhupada recommended saying like this, that Bhagavad Gita is accepted as the topmost evidence by all schools of Vedic culture and in Bhagavad Gita it is established that Krishna is supreme. That was Prabhupada's easy approach or shortcut approach otherwise it becomes a very big job then you have to go through just like Madhvacharya establishing that all the names are demigods some place in the Vedic literature says Varun is supreme sometimes there's Indra is supreme sometimes there's Surya is supreme establishing that these are actually names of Vishnu so it becomes a very big job. Otherwise you can just say in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, Matapratramna Nat Kinjirasti Dananda, that's it finished. Thank you. I have a
Sorry, I can tell you afterwards if you like. 